welcome to Horror Nights In Podcast. Scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 27 of Horror Nights in Podcast with your one and only host, Crystal. I also have my wonderful co-host, the one and only Roxy the Kitty, who adds in her comments here and there depending on the topic. I upload a new podcast every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time. So on this podcast, we talk about my life, my favorite horror movie of the week that you guys pick, and anything else horror, so thank you for being here. I also challenge all of you listening to leave me an iTunes review. It not only makes my day better, it also helps other horror fiends find me. You can also find me on my socials at Twitter, at Horror Daddies R Us, Instagram at Horror Nights in Podcast, and on Tumblr at Horror Nights in Podcast. So be sure to follow me on there for all the latest Horror Nights in news. So, on this episode of Horror Nights In, we are delving into the 2003 horror film, 28 Days Later. I will be giving you the Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb score, then delving deep into the plot, characters, and my overall honest and horrific opinion of the film. The audience liking it. So, quick IMDb synopsis of 28 Days Later is four weeks after a mysterious, incurable virus spreads throughout the UK a handful of survivors try to find sanctuary. 28 Days Later was released June 27, 2003, with a running time of 108 minutes. It was written by Alex Garland, and it was directed by Danny Boyle. Boyle also went on to direct Side by Side in 127 hours. Garland went on to work on Ex Machina and Annihilation. Both writer and director worked on the sequel to this film 28 weeks later. This film stars Celine Murphy, Naomi Harris, and Brendan Gleeson. I'm going to now play you the trailer, which is very 2003. I also wanted to play a short clip of the song that many associate with this film. Unless you've got no choice. Hello? There's a two, and you travel during daylight. Unless you've got no choice. 
See, this is a really shit idea. You know why? It's obviously a shit idea. We have to leave now. More will be coming. I always do. apologize if that was a little loud. The only video I could find on YouTube was a little old, but the trailer is a lot older too, so I do apologize if that sounded a little scratchy. So now I'm going to play you just a short 30-second um, snip of the song that a lot of people associate with this film. Um, it was uh, written by John Murphy. It was uh, performed by Eldritch, and the name of the song is In the House in the Heartbeat. So take a listen. A very haunting and chilling um, song that I have always associated with this film. Um, I know a lot of people feel the same way. Um, I did read some of the comments on YouTube that were under this, and a few of them were saying, you know, uh, this music is so unsettling. It's a good composition, um, but... Um, it definitely has that sort of ominous, very scary undertone to it about the end of the world and viruses and infection. All right, so let's get into the film. Um, so the film begins with a lot of chaos and noise, and unfortunately, at an animal research is being done on an incarcerated um chimp. The camera pans and the research is being done at Cambridge Primate Research Center, but the security cameras are being covered by people in ski masks. The three animal rights activists are on a mission to set the captive animals free, but before they can do anything, a worker catches them and calls for a security breach. One of the activists grabs the phone and rips it off the wall and starts demanding to know what the chimps are infected with, to which the scientist says, rage. He also is warning them not to let them out due to their infection because it is in their blood and in their saliva, and one bite and they will be infected. The activists do not listen and set free the cage-infected chimps, but the first one immediately attacks the female activist. She begins throwing up blood and spewing it all over the others. Within seconds, she is now infected, and then we can assume that she is also infecting the others. The screen then goes dark, and we see the words 28 days later on the bottom of the screen. We then meet our main character, Jim, as he walks, wakes up in a hospital bed. It is eerily quiet, considering it is a hospital. Jim then finds himself locked inside the room, but quickly sees the key on the floor. He is now wandering around the hospital, calling out for anyone. 
He finds several cans of soda and puts them into a plastic bag as he wanders outside of the hospital, still finding no one, still hearing nothing, just seeing garbage. As he is walking, we see that the iconic Big Ben is in front of him. I've always liked how directors take densely populated areas and make them almost like ghost towns in these kinds of films. We are so used to seeing these areas of the world with massive amounts of people, like Times Square or the Eiffel Tower. So when we see films like this, it kind of gives off that eerie vibe that no one is around. Jim is still continuing to call out to anyone that might be around and encountering just bleakness. He also starts grabbing handfuls of money he sees on the ground, but little does he know, none of this matters anymore. He then encounters a huge wall filled with letters of people trying to find their loved ones. Jim then finds himself inside of a chapel with the words, the end is extremely fucking Nile, spray painted on the walls. As he continues walking, he sees that the pews are just filled with dead bodies. I assume it's some kind of suicide thing or a cemetery because the infected don't just fall down and die the way that Jim sees them. He calls out hello and we see two infected quickly jump up and just stare at him. Very creepy, eerie, and brilliantly done because it is so scary. He hears something coming from behind the door to his right and it's an infected priest running at him. Jim then takes the cans of soda and hits him in the head with them. We also get our first glimpse of the humans infected with the rage virus, their eyes red, and of course, very violent tendencies with no human left. Jim begins running with the running with the infected chasing after him when he spots someone throwing fire at the infected. I assume it's one of those mulatto cocktails. We then see a massive explosion as the camera pans backwards. We can see that the, is the only light source in London is this giant fireball that was just created right in front of Jim's eyes. The two pyromaniacs then take Jim back to their safe haven, which looks to be a convenience store with a metal barricade as their door. The pyros, we learn, their names are Mark and Selena, start questioning Jim as to who he is and why he was at the hospital. Jim then tells him he was a bicycle courier and was struck by a car and how he just woke up in the hospital. Selena then explains how the virus came to be. It started out as some riots on television and now it's this. Something was in the blood and by the time they tried to evacuate, it was too late and the infection had spread overseas to New York. Jim is still in disbelief and doesn't want to believe it. Mark then gives him the rundown and the lessons in this post-apocalyptic world. Lesson number one, you never go anywhere alone unless you have no choice. Lesson number two, only travel during daylight unless you've got no choice. So the next day, Jim and the others go back to Jim's house to try and locate his parents, even though Mark and Selena have already told Jim that they're probably dead. They enter the home and start to smell the stench of dead bodies, and Jim finds both his parents dead in their bed holding a photo of Jim at a young age. So I have to assume that many people committed suicide in order to save themselves from the infected or because they just felt hopeless that there was no other way out. He then turns over the photo, and it's a note from his parents hoping that he never wakes up in the hospital. 
Mark then tells the others about how he lost his family to the infection. Him and his family had all gone to the port with cash to buy their way onto a plane, but thousands of others had had the same idea. But before anyone could do anything or anyone could get to safety, the infected were all around them. Mark was able to get to the top of the kiosk to see that his family was now completely infected. Selena then suggests that they spend the night at Jim's house. Jim is now watching old home movies in his family, but before anything good can happen, two infected crash into the window and jump onto Jim. Mark and Selena quickly come to his rescue, but unfortunately, Mark has been exposed to the infected, and without hesitation, Selena kills Mark and pushes Jim to get clothes on so they can leave because more infected people will come. The two remaining are now walking, and Jim questions how she knew that Mark was infected. She said she could read the look on Mark's face when he looked at her. She then explains if someone gets infected, you have about 10 to 20 seconds to kill them. She then explains how any plans Mark had were useless because the only thing that mattered is staying alive. Jim then spots Christmas lights blinking on and off in the distance, and it looks like they're coming from on top of an apartment building. They make their way into the apartment building, and they see the entrance of the staircase. There's a blockade of shopping carts. Once they're past the carts, they start climbing floor after floor. Jim then asks if they can take a break, but there's no time because the infected have found them and they're moving fast. They are now both sprinting up the stairs and encounter another round of survivors, Hannah and Frank, who are father and daughter. I want to assume that Hannah is about 15 or 16 and her father is about in his late 40s. Jim and Selena then settle into the apartment and we learn more about our characters. Selena is completely cutthroat in her survival and Jim is at her mercy. The next morning, Jim and Frank are on the roof and we see it is covered in bowls and baskets to collect rainwater. But then we find out that it hasn't rained in 10 days. He then tells Jim that they won't be able to stay there much longer because all their resources are running too low. Jim also has a radio and they hear a recording of salvation and protection, but Frank tells them they will need two to three days of travel time to get there. They all debate back and forth whether it's even worth it considering it's a recording, but Hannah insists that they need to at least try. Then they all leave the apartment building, and we find out that Frank is, well, was, a taxi cab driver. As they make their journey to Salvation, a.k.a. Manchester, they have to go through a dark tunnel, which Jim warns them is a shit idea. Frank basically decides to drive over the broken down cars, but ends up getting a flat tire anyway. Hannah quickly jumps under the car to help put the jack on, but Jim then hears a weird scrambling noise and they look down the tunnel to see rats are coming at them fast, and a lot of rats. Selena then realizes the rats are running from the infected. With lightning fast car skills, Hannah quickly changes the flat tire and they get safely out of the tunnel. The group then stops at a local grocery store and they shop till they drop, collecting all the food and liquor they can. They then come to an impasse and start collecting gasoline from a truck. Jim, being on his high horse about surviving, decides to try his luck at an abandoned diner advertising cheeseburgers, but instead he gets a bunch of dead people and one infected kid who he kills with his weapon of choice, a bat. 
The four are once again traveling and stop at an open field to have a picnic with their stolen groceries. Frank then spots a family of wild horses and shows the others. In the next scene, Selena and Jim take a walk, and Selena starts to soften around the edges a little and even kisses Jim on the cheek. Frank then suggests they camp there for the night, but no one can sleep except for Selena because they are outside in the open. Jim then has a nightmare when he does fall asleep and is comforted by Frank, whom he calls Dad, which suggests they are coming closer and closer, almost like a family. The group is now on the road again, and we see Manchester in the distance, and it's almost all on fire. They then reach where the radio had told them, but it looks completely deserted. Frank is in disbelief considering he's only been listening considering he's been listening to the same broadcast for weeks. Frank then hears a crow, and we can see the crow is sitting on top of a soldier's dead body. Frank, in frustration, kicks the door to shoo the crow away, and out of anger, a single drop of infected blood falls into his eye. Hannah then comes over to check on her father, and he pushes her away as the virus moves quickly into his bloodstream. Just as Jim is about to hit Frank in the head with a bat, bullets start littering Frank's infected body. We see these bullets are from soldiers yelling at the others to stay away from the body. The soldiers then bring the survivors back to their compound, which is a massive house. They then meet Major Henry West, and he greets them with clean sheets and running hot water. They all take showers, and Selena breaks down knowing Hannah will have to deal with her father's death for the rest of her life. Jim then kisses Selena, but she isn't having it and storms off. In the next scene, Jim is talking with Major West, and he explains that the fires in Manchester drove many in the infected out of the city and into where they are. He then explains how the flat terrain surrounds that mansion, and floodlights are rigged up to generators in case there's any movement. The lawn is also laced with trap wires and bombs to protect them. He also shows Jim their kitchen and their own personal infected soldier who is attached to a chain in the yard. It's now dinner time, and here we see there are about ten, nine to ten soldiers at the table with her three survivors. The soldiers are also very young, too, early to mid-twenties. There's also an uneasy vibe between the survivors and the soldiers. especially from Selena and Hannah. Uh, there are also cutscenes to the infected running towards the compound. Then we hear an explosion, and the soldiers move into action against the infected. The soldiers are able to clear all the compound easily, but upon coming back inside, high off their testosterone, they see Selena, and they start making passes on her. Jim then comes to her rescue and throws a soldier off of him. Major West is now calming everyone down and giving the soldiers order. He then gives Selena back her weapon and apologizes. He then invites Jim to have a drink with him. Major West asks him if he had killed anyone, and Jim tells him of the boy he killed back at the diner. Major then tells Jim he promised them women to rebuild. Jim then runs out of the room and grabs Selena and Hannah to leave, but gets hit with a rifle and then passes out. As he regained consciousness and sees the sergeant is trying to get the others to let him leave, but it's eight against one. Major Weston tells Jim that he's going to give him a chance to become one of them, 
but he can't just let the women go. In the next scene, we have the sergeant and Jim handcuffed to radiators. The older, the older soldier, being the sergeant, is going off about Ranger Russ, calling him insane, and how the rest of the world is carrying on as it normally would. It seems that Major West believes there is no infection, just people killing people. But before anything else can be said, two younger soldiers come and collect them and bring them into the woods. They then come upon a pile of dead bodies. The sergeant then tells the soldiers to shoot him first, but the one soldier wants to stab him instead, while the other soldier tells him not to. The sergeant then spits at the soldier, but before he can stab him, the other soldier suits the sergeant, nearly missing the soldier. In all of his confusion, Jim is able to run away. So now the two remaining soldiers begin panicking and shooting at the pile of dead bodies, but Jim is already over the wall, shirtless, and hands still tied together. He trips and falls while running and looks up into the sky and sees a plane flying very, very high overhead. Back at the compound, we see that the soldiers are taking full advantage of Selena and Hannah, but Selena has a plan. She gets the soldiers to leave them in the bathroom alone to get changed into the dresses the soldiers wanted them in. Her plan was to give Hannah sleep aids to help her not feel what she was about to happen, but the soldiers come in and throw the pills out of her hand. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, before anything else can happen, we hear a soldier, we hear a siren outside the compound from when they first arrived. Major West and another soldier are now looking for Jim and wasting ammo shooting at nothing. Jim then runs to the roof of one of the structures and is able to hit the unsuspecting soldier in the face, killing him. Somehow, in that brief moment, Jim is able to put the dead soldier into the driver's seat of the vehicle and disengage the engine. We then see the infected are now running at Major West, but he is able to kill them. Back at the compound, we see Selena and Hannah are now in gowns, waiting, but then we see Jim is now back, and he's armed. He first sets free the infected soldier that Major West left chained up in the backyard. The pills have taken some effect on Hannah, and she tells the soldier guarding him that he'll be next to be killed, and just like that, the glass breaks next to him, and the infected soldier is on top of him. Hannah and Selena head for the door, but before they can make it, the other soldiers are there. They then see the infected are running after the others, and one by one, each soldier is being infected. Hannah, clearly very high on the drugs, wanders off a dark hallway. Major West is now back at the compound and sees that his soldiers are under attack. We find Hannah in a bathroom with her father's clothes, and she looks in his pocket to find a photo of herself, her father, and her mother. But before anything else can happen, an infected then comes into the bathroom, and she very coyly hides behind a mirror. Jim is now running around the compound searching for the girls. He finally spots Selena with a last perverted and testosterone shoulder holding her captive. He's able to get him through a window, smashes the shoulder's head against the wall, and gouges his eyes out with his thumbs. Selena, not realizing it was Jim, grabs her weapon and goes to kill him, but stops, realizing it was him. As the two embrace, Hannah comes from behind and smashes Jim in the head with a vase, thinking he was biting her. Jim then tells her, Jim then calls her out for being stoned, to which Selena says it's a long story and quickly rushes to get them to safety. 
With about 10 minutes left of the film, our survivors run to their car. Hannah jumps in front to drive and Selena and Jim in the back. But when they open the back door, Major West is there holding a gun and says, you killed all my boys, and shoots Jim in the stomach. And he flies back into Selena, knocking them both over. In a last-ditch effort to save them, Hannah backs the car up into the infected. The infected then grab Major West and pull him out of the car, smashing the back window and all. Hannah then drives back to Selena and Jim, where we hear screams from Major West. As they near the exit, they have to crash through the gate to which Jim tells her to do it. The three survivors embrace themselves through the impact, but it freezes and the screen goes dark. We then see 28 days later on the bottom of the screen. We then see that Selena is trying to save his li- trying to save Jim's life. The screen cuts and we see Jim has woken up in his bed alive. Then there's a bird's eye view of a road which we can assume is a helicopter because we hear radio calls. There's also infected lining this particular road. We see that Selena is sewing something together and it all makes sense when Hannah runs back inside and says it's coming. And the three survivors pull out this incredibly long pieces of cloth for the helicopter to notice. We then see an aerial shot that spells out hello to the aircraft and the film ends with Selena saying, do you think they saw us this time? So I know I went through the uh, film breakdown very quickly, but I know a lot of you have seen this film already and I wanted to... um, get through the entire synopsis um, before we went into a more in-depth character analysis, um, my overall opinion, and we're definitely going to talk about the infected. So first, we have the relationship between Jim and Selena, two people that would have never met if it wasn't for the rage infection. So when we first meet Selena, she's hard and she lacks any kind of humanity. There isn't a ton of backstory on her, but it is known that her family and friends are dead. And she also has some kind of science chemistry background. Now for Jim, our main character doesn't have a ton of backstory either, other than that he is a bicycle carrier and his parents committed suicide once the infection hit. So throughout the film, we do see a budding love story between Jim and Selena. Selena is starting to let down her guard as the film progresses, so we can assume by the end of the film they're in a committed relationship. We also have the relationship between Hannah and Selena. It's more of a sisterly relationship between the two versus a mother and daughter. Selena was very protective of Hannah after her father became infected. Jim was also protective of Hannah as well. I did enjoy the friendship and almost family-like dynamic between Frank, Hannah, Jim, and Selena. They got through about three quarters of the film together and created a bond to survive. There's also Major West and his soldiers. True, they were piggish, vulgar, sexist, and disgusting, but they were subjected to months and months of isolation, and the only human interaction they had were each other and, of course, the infected that they killed. One was even on the brink of suicide because he felt there was no future for any of them. And so once Jim, Selena, and Hannah found their way to them, it almost set off a sort of mania inside of them. Now, I'm not saying that the excuse for their vulgarity was because of isolation. I do not believe that any man should ever act that way towards a woman and use her as a sex slave. So, but 
considering the time that this was and the things that were going on in the world and the mob mentality of the soldiers, there was a very small explanation for that. Uh, Each of these characters were also plagued with certain primal fears we all have, such as loneliness, isolation, depression, thoughts of suicide, and of course, the extinction of all mankind forever. I think it's important to analyze characters and who they are before they were the outbreak. I like hearing backstories because it helps me see how they change when it comes to fight or flight. Jim being just a bicycle courier, and now he is a full-on stealth-fighting, machine-killing British soldiers. It was never said who or what Selena was pre-infection, which would have been interesting. Like I said, the only kind of backstory I really get about her is that she was she has some kind of science, chemist, biology background. So overall, I think the characters interacted well with each other. Of course, more of a backstory would have been nice, but I did enjoy the film. Now, I want to move on to the infected zombies slash the rage victims. So the infection began with scientists injecting the rage virus into chimps. When the animal rights activists tried to set the chimps free, it backfired and set fire to the entire world being infected. Once the virus infected a person, it took seconds for them to change, but a shot to the head really wasn't needed. It kind of got the impression that any kind of killing worked. Uh, Physically, the infected were fast, they had red eyes, and they spit blood at anyone in their path. I want to now move on to what was happening in the world when this film was released in 2003. Within the first minute of the film, we are introduced to riots, public hangings, police violence, and, as Major West called it, people killing people. The film 28 Days Later echoes the reality of what we were all seeing on a regular basis back in the early 2000s. Britain's 2001 rapidly spreading foot and mouth disease. We also had the mad cow disease that killed over 100,000 people. And the fact that the government didn't really have answers for the public. How many times have we heard the diseases killing people all over the world and it just all of a sudden goes away? The news stops covering it, and we never hear about a cure or the disease ever again, such as mad cow, the Ebola, etc. So I also wanted to touch on how the film was captured. There is a good mix of scary, frightening, chaotic shots mixed with quiet, serene, and almost peaceful-like shots. There's also a bit of comic relief throughout the film. There are also cut shots, repeated shots, and almost a confusing editing style that adds panic and disarray to anyone watching it. It's almost as if you were to slow it down or rewind to see what was actually happening in the scene. Take the opening scene where Jim is completely alone. It's shot from different angles, high and low, behind things, to mimic something might be stalking him or lurking in the shadows. It's also anxiety-reducing, inducing, because we do know the affected are out there, yet Jim has absolutely no idea what's going on. So before we end the discussion of 28 Days Later, I wanted to talk about the alternate ending to the film. You can simply find this um, alternate ending by going on YouTube and typing in 28 Days Later alternate ending. So the scene of Selena and Hannah trying to save Jim's life after he was shot in the stomach by Major West. But unfortunately, Selena is not able to save him. Hannah, in hysterics, asks where they're going to do now. 
To which Selena simply says, we move. And we get the silhouette of both characters leaving the hospital and Jim behind. This is unfortunately the darker, sadder, and more realistic ending, considering he was shot in the stomach. And with Selena only having a science background and there being no electricity or proper doctors and nurses around, it was a far fetch for him to survive and to see the ending that we saw. Alright guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Horror Nights in Podcasts with your one and only host Crystal and my co-host Roxy. If you enjoy this episode, go listen to another one, binge it out, leave me a review, and have the best week wherever you are and whatever you do. And remember to always give your honest and horrific opinion no matter what. Bye guys.